Welcome to Proven Improbable, where we focus on metals, mining, and more. I'm your host, Maurice Jackson. Joining us for a conversation is Bob Moriarty, the founder of 321Gold and 321Energy.com, and the author of two of my favorite books, Nobody Knows Anything and The Art of Peace. Bob, welcome to the show. Thank you. It's good to be here. Always a delight to have you on our show. Bob, you and I were talking offline about crypto currencies and specifically Bitcoin and the concerns you have for speculators at the moment that are chasing the new highs. But before we delve into the current market price of Bitcoin, I want to reference Jamie Dimon, the CEO of JP Morgan Chase, and what he had to say regarding Bitcoin as he stated that Bitcoin is a fraud. I have a two-fold question for you here. Do you agree with the narrative and can you share with us Bob's perspective on cryptocurrencies? Uh, the the interesting question is not whether Bitcoin is fraud, but Bitcoin is Bitcoin a tulip bulb or is Bitcoin a beanie baby? And I've been saying for weeks, if not months, absolutely yes. There's the theory of Bitcoin having value is one that it's limited in quantity, which is true and two, that it's free of government interference. Well, while it's true that Bitcoin is, is limited in quantity, the number of Bitcoins is not limited. There are 600 different variations of Bitcoin now, and they're certainly not limited. And if you can have 600, you can have 6,000. And the other theory being that it's free of government interference, China has just made it illegal and proven that that's not true. Uh, I, I wouldn't go so far as to say Bitcoin fraud, but Bitcoin has absolutely no value now, and, and it's going to cost people a lot of money uh, to do. Okay, it's gone from uh, 4700 to 3500 in a week. And it's going to go from 3,500 to zero. Now it might go from 3,500 to 10,000 first, but it's going to end up being zero. Uh, Bitcoin is a pseudo currency. It's no longer. It's no more suitable as money than salt or big round rocks. You know, and, and Bob, for those that have not read your book, nobody knows anything. Allow me to ask you. What we know the answer to is. Should speculators buy, hold, or sell Bitcoin at current prices? Well, the, the most important issue is always asking the right question. And if you ask the question of slight variation, a lot of times it would give you a better answer. Perhaps a better question would be, should speculators buy, sell, or hold tulip bulbs and my answer is, if you're not a gardener, you don't need tulip bulbs. And if you're not a five-year-old child, you don't need Beanie Babies and Bitcoin and all the 599 other variations are a pseudo-currency of no particular value. If, if you want to chase something in hopes that there's a greater fool, it's perhaps true. And I absolutely cover this in my book, and I absolutely tell people, learn to think for yourself. 
the mere fact that other people are suggesting that there's value to Bitcoin doesn't make it true. If you can't look at it and say, yeah, I see where the value is, then there isn't any value there. It doesn't make any difference how many damn fools say there are is value there. There isn't any value to it. Very well said here. Switching gears, let's move to precious metals. Gold is held above 1300 for a couple of weeks, which is encouraging. And the natural resource base, uh, for the natural resource base, I should say, and silver has been touching $18 with a current ratio of 74 to 1. Now, should we be encouraged by the prices or is this just a head fake? Uh, I'm, I'm on record as saying we're in a bull market and I think we are in a bull market. We're in kind of a weird correction right now. Uh, two months ago at the full moon, we had a very clear bottom in early July that I had predicted as early as May. Uh, it went up, I think it went up to about 1316 something, which is very favorable. It's come back down. I, I believe that 1300 will hold. I believe we're in kind of a weird little correction, but I believe prices are going to go a lot higher. One of the things that people need to think about is sometimes external events do affect the price of gold and silver. And the, these uh, two hurricanes, uh, Harvey and Irma, are going to cost the United States a lot of money, actually cost everywhere they hit a lot of money. And I don't think it's insured, and I don't think government has the ability to step in or replace the losses. These are probably $100 million losses for each hurricane. And, and that could be the straw that breaks the financial cam camel's back. You know, Bob, you referenced the full moon thesis. For those that are not aware of it, can you please uh, share that with us? Well, it, it's not something that I came up with, but I'm certainly happy to take credit for passing it on. Uh, Tom McClellan of McClellan's Research uh, set out he had heard that uh, prices change at full moon, and he set out to disprove the thesis, and he found out that, that actually full moons do tend to indicate uh, either turning points or an acceleration in the direction that something is moving. And if you go back, anybody can do this, is take a look at uh, a chart of full moons and look at what gold and silver did in July and then look at what they did here a few days, I think on the 6th of September. Uh, it, it appears to be true. And, and I don't use it as gospel, but it's something that I pay attention to. If you've had a big, long correction and you've got a full moon coming up, it's entirely possible that could be a turning point. You know, Bob, uh, not a lot of attention gets placed on platinum, palladium, and rhodium. Are you surprised that palladium is nearly the price of platinum? Uh, yes, and I think it creates a great opportunity. As I mentioned several times in the book, you can take advantage of differences between commodities that don't make rational sense. For a lot of reasons, platinum is more valuable than palladium. As a catalyst, it requires less platinum 
uh, I'm sorry, it's, it's a catalyst. It requires more palladium than it does uh, platinum and, and more palladium that's produced. So palladium typically is cheaper than platinum. It's very close to the price of platinum right now. And also historically, uh, platinum has had a premium to gold. And as of right now, I, I'm literally going to look as we're speaking uh, the price of platinum to gold is about uh, $350. That is, gold is $350 more expensive than platinum. And that's that's highest it's ever been in history. Yeah. Uh, platinum's a 978, and uh, gold is it's 326. So it's, uh, let's see, that's. Yeah, it's, it's right at uh, $348 an ounce. I, I personally believe every time it's gone above 340 it's turned around. So I think you could see a fairly rapid move. Uh, the ratio, the, the dollar difference between gold and platinum is about to change. Gold will get cheaper relative to platinum. And when you're, when you're in that kind of a spread, you don't care which direction prices move, whether they go up or down, you only care that the price difference between the two. Uh, you were talking about silver. When I wrote the book, the ratio was 84 to 1, and I recommended that as a trade. You buy silver because it's a cheap commodity, and you sell gold because it's the expensive commodity. Silver is still very cheap relative to gold, as is oil. Um, you could get into a platinum palladium spread, you could get into a silver gold spread, you could get into a platinum gold spread, and all of those are at near extremes. Very interesting perspective here. You know, since our last interview, rhodium has moved up from 950 to 1050. Uh, do you see this trend continuing as well? Yes. Uh, rhodium is like silver. There's a certain component of voodoo to it. Rhodium got up to about $10,000 an ounce in the early 2008, and that wasn't a particularly rational move. But a lot of times, rhodium has a premium to not only palladium, but platinum and sometimes gold. Uh, rhodium could move from 1000 to 2500 3000 and, and because it's off the radar scope for most investors, they don't they don't take the opportunity to invest. You can actually buy rhodium bars now from Baird, and it makes them a lot more liquid than it would have been before. You know, you and I were talking in Japan regarding rhodium and how it follows platinum and palladium, which follows gold and silver, and the price of rhodium was ten thousand dollars recently, was it not? Uh, yes, it was 10000 in early 2008. So for our listeners here, this is a, we're looking at nine years ago. Uh, we have a 90% drop in, in essence for rhodium. So this is a unique value opportunity here. Bob, for someone new to your work, can you share why you buy precious metals and what you're buying right now? Uh, well, let me think. I'm actually not buying anything now. I tend to be fairly good at, at, at finding turning points. I was buying silver at 1564 
and I was buying platinum at eight ninety six. Um, I I I don't sell unless there's an opportunity to put it into something better. And and the reason that I invest in precious metals is because the world it's a wash in debt. We have the lowest interest rates that we've had in five thousand years. The interest rates are simply not sustainable. There are enormous forces uh, beneath the scenes financially, and when it crashes, it's going to crash and take most pseudo currencies and paper instruments with it. And and I buy it as an insurance policy. And this goes back to the part of the discussion we were just having earlier in reference to all these uh, events that are taking place that are not really known to us, and then you have the hurricane. So uh, and you're referring to insurance as well to that. So this is a, a great reason for our listeners to have, again, precious metals as part of your portfolio. For our listeners, if you wish to purchase precious metals and precious metals IRAs and offshore storage accounts, please visit our website, which is www.provenandprobable.com. Now, Bob, before we close today, can you provide us with three issues? Hang on for just a minute. Yes. There's something that I should mention, and we've mentioned both sides of it without connecting two. I'm going to ask you a question, Maurice, and I want you to give think about it and give me an honest answer. I'll a do my category, best. Category 10 hits Miami and wipes Miami out. And Miami has a total value of, say, a trillion dollars in residential property and you own a home there and it's insured for half a million dollars you're smart enough to go to north carolina where it's safe and you miss the hurricane and your family's safe and your cat's safe you go back to florida take a look at where your house used to be you put a claim in for your insurance company and they send you a letter what is the check for? How much do they pay you for your $500,000 house? Well, they're not going to redeem you for the full amount. Well, no, you've got it insured for, for $500,000. How much is the check for? Well, using simple math, you're then $500,000. Oh, the check is for zero. And expand on that for our audience, please. Okay, how many insurance companies in the world in total can insure a trillion dollar risk? They can't, and that's including the FDIC as well for our listeners. Yes, okay. What I've just shown you is that there are two risks. One of the risks is Hurricane Irma, and that's what we focus on. The other risk is counterparty risk. And that's what we ignore. When you have $600 trillion worth of derivatives in the world, the risk is not gold and silver going up and down. It's not the dollar going up and down. It's not the interest rates going up and down. It's not CDS or CDOs. It's counterparty. Now, AIG in London, I, I think, was was on the hook for $100 billion or several hundred billion dollars. And AIG should have gone bankrupt in 2008, and the government bailed them out. 
But the debt in the world today is substantially higher than it was then. I insure myself financially by owning gold, silver, platinum, and palladium, and rhodium as an insurance policy. And I actually have it where I can touch it, feel it, look at it, and know that it's mine. There are big risks in the S&P, but you could go out and buy a million dollars worth of puts on the S&P, and when the S&P goes to 500, you might learn the danger of derivatives, and the real danger of derivatives is counterparty risk. And you could own all those puts, and they could still be valuable, and that's what nobody talks about, nobody thinks about, but it's a very real risk. That is priceless information, Bob. I recently, just to slightly, slightly digress here, I had a conversation with a gentleman who owned uh, GLD, and he actually was under the impression that uh, he could redeem and get gold for it whenever he wanted to. And uh, those are some of the uh, sophisms that are out there today. So thank you for addressing that. Now, before we close today, can you provide us with three issuers that have your attention at the moment? Okay, hang up. Let me, let me bring it up. Safari. Uh, one that I'll mention, and it's something that I've written about in the past, and people can go look at it and see what I've said, is a oil company called Malari. Uh, the symbol is Mike Oscar Lima. They've got about 32 million shares outstanding. They are drilling in North Texas uh, for a well that could be 50 to 100 barrels a day. And each barrel a day uh, is worth about 50 to 60,000. Uh, they're in a JV. They got 25% of the JV. The well is being drilled right now. It will be completed and the results released by uh, the end of the month. It costs them about $300,000 per well, but at 100 barrels a day, that means they add 25 barrels and you multiply 25 times uh, 60,000 and you come up with, I think, uh, $2.5 million in value that could be added per well. And they've got space for 600 wells. It's one of the most interesting energy companies I'm aware of. I've got a big position in the company. They're actually two months late on drilling the thing. They're working on picking up additional land. And it's, it's certainly cheap now, and it could be expensive very soon. Uh, Bob, now where are they trading? Are they on the TSX? Uh, they are the TSX. That's the uh, Mike Oscar Lima is the uh, TSX V symbol, and and obviously, I mean, we can't possibly uh, not talk about Novo because you and I have spent so much time talking about it. Uh, Novo is four dollars and eighty-five cents today. It's been down as low as I, I think about three hundred and eighty-eight, three dollars eighty-eight. Uh, in, in the, well, actually, 380 uh, three or four days ago. And Novo is acting very strong for a stock that essentially went from 80 cents to six bucks for it only to correct to four dollars is pretty cheap. That stock's very strong. Uh, Quint Henney is, is back charging away, 
in Australia. Eric Sprott went to see it this last week. He has become a big investor on an individual base basis. Kirkland Lake did a 14 million share placement. Uh, they're fully funded. They could go into production with the money they've got on hand. Uh, Novo has been my biggest holding for uh, at least five years. And, and I think they've hit a home run out of the park. It's cheap now and it's going to get expensive fairly soon. And do you have one more for us? Uh, I'll, I'll give you kind of a throwaway. Uh, silver is cheap relative to gold. Silver is the most emotional metal out there. Silver bugs are totally goofy. I mean, they just, uh, <laughs> they'll chase anything silver. Uh, they, get, they get whacked on a real regular basis because the guys writing about silver are pretty much all frauds except for David Morgan. Uh, silver is not particularly rare. Uh, it's cheap relative to gold now, and that's why you should own it. But uh, a company run by a friend of mine named Greg Johnson, Metallic Minerals, the symbol is Mike, Mike Golf, and it's on the Venture Exchange, is up in Keno Hill. And uh, they have very high grades up there. I mean, it's, it's multi-kilo uh, per ton. And it, he's financed, and I think he'll do very well up there. So if you want a, a silver stock, then nobody's pretty much heard of um, metallic minerals. Quite interesting. And again, I own shares in it. Well, Bob, on behalf of all of us, thank you, thank you, thank you. Now, last question. What did I forget to ask? Uh, what is the chance of us going to war with North Korea? And what are the chances, sir? Zero. And zero because? Because uh, North Korea's nuclear arms in the United States does not attack countries that can defend themselves. That fat little 33-year-old toad that runs the company, country is nuclear armed and he's safe for exactly that reason. Well, and in reference to that, I recently conducted an interview with Jayant Bhandari in reference to China and India. What are your thoughts there? Uh, China and India, in what, what terms? How do you mean? Uh, the prospect of a potential war. Uh, there is always historically been conflict between China and India, and that goes back literally thousands of years. Uh, the reason for it is for 18 of the last 20 centuries, China and India have been the leading economic powers on Earth. Now, obviously, India is nuclear armed. Uh, there's probably more of a risk between India and Pakistan than there is between uh, India and China. Uh, India is led by rational people and China is led by rational people and rational people do not throw nukes at each other. And before we close here with the discussion on war, how about Syria? We haven't discussed Syria in a couple of months here. Uh, I am very proud to see that Trump finally recognized that the United States funding terrorists in Syria was a really really stupid idea and he stopped doing that 
Uh, we paid billions of dollars for armaments, gave them to what was in essence terrorists. They handed it over to the most radical uh, Muslim extremists, and, and those weapons ended up being used against democratically elected uh, government of Syria. Uh, I'm an equal opportunity anarchist. I despise all governments equally, so I don't care if uh, Assad is a monster. We've got monsters running our country. Big deal. They got their monsters. We got our monsters. <laughs> very, very well said. Bob, if someone listening wants to get more information on your work, please share the contact details. Uh, 321gold.com. It's easy to get to. 321energy.com. It's free. Anybody can go. And also, we referenced your books, Nobody Knows Anything and The Art of Peace. Where can we get a copy? Uh, you can get it anywhere. You can go to your local bookstore and you can order them. They can get them through Ingram. Uh, you can go to Apple and you can order it through the iTunes store. You can go to Amazon and order it through Amazon. Uh, nobody Knows Anything has actually been a bestseller in its category. Uh, the Art of Peace is one of those interesting books that it's kind of like wine and fine women. Uh, it improves with age. If you read the book and see the conclusions that I came up with uh, two years ago, you'll say, hey, that's kind of weird. This guy actually got it. Uh, much of what's happening in the world today uh, was predicted in, in The Art of Peace. And uh, obviously, you and I have spent a lot of time talking. I had two years combat in Vietnam, and the guys who have been in combat are the most anti-war people you'll ever meet because they've seen what war does to people. And for our listeners as well, we have a dedicated link under the Education tab to purchase your copy of Nobody Knows Anything. Bob, before we leave also, last question I have to ask you is... You referenced a book that you were writing. Can you give us the status on that? Oh, I, I feel so guilty. Uh, that That's on my bucket list, Maurice. I, I mean, I fully intend to. I've got the thing organized in my mind already. I know exactly what I'm going to say. I'm just too lazy to type it out. Um, I, I've got to do the definitive book on Novo, you know, it, it absolutely, I believe, has potential for being the biggest gold deposit in history. And should that be true, people are going to want to know the history. And I was actually associated. I mean, I found out about Novo and, and the Pilbara and exactly nine years ago. Quentin Henney and I were driving up to uh, Wyoming to take a look at a, a gold deposit up there called Rattlesnake. And we were talking about it. And I went over to Australia with Quentin in 2009, which is before Novo was even started. I was the only newsletter writer to ever visit the property. I was there four times before Brent Cook came. He and I were there a month ago. So I know everything that happened with Novo. I know everything about that deposit except what Quentin doesn't know. And that's where the gold come from, how to get in the condition it's in. It's the most unusual gold deposit I've ever seen or heard about, and people are going to be arguing about it for 50 years. 
and in six months to a year, we'll know if, in fact, it's the biggest gold deposit discovered in history. But Quentin Henney is a very bright guy, and he has staked over 10,000 square kilometers or over 4,000 square miles, and he did that for a reason. And for our listeners, I want to just commit to you that I will remind Bob continuously to keep us updated on the latest developments of both books. And, uh, and last but not least, please visit our website, www.provenandprobable.com, where we interview the most respected names in the natural resource space. You may reach us at contact at provenandprobable.com. Bob Moriarty, the founder of 321Gold and 321Energy.com, Thank you for joining us today on Proven and Probable. Thank you, Maurice. You had good questions, as always. Thank you, sir. Thank you for joining us today on Proven and Probable. Remember to like and subscribe for more conversations with the most respected names in the natural resource space. Check out our website at www.provenandprobable.com. The information presented on Proven and Probable is provided for educational and informational purposes only, without any express or implied warranty of any kind, including warranties of accuracy, completeness, or fitness for any particular purpose. The information is not intended to be and does not constitute financial, investment, or trading advice, or any other advice. You should not make any financial, investment, or trading decision based on any of the information presented without first undertaking independent due diligence and consultation with a professional broker or competent financial advisor.